0: to another episode of Woman Hit in the Rough. A lot of times when we are going throughout our life, we have a very good idea of where we want our life to go. And we make all these plans and we start doing things to achieve those plans and those goals. And a lot of times life throws us curveballs. And a lot of times that's usually God's hand in things typically for a good reason, because he knows best. So today I get to talk with my friend Gabby, who her and her husband had all these plans, and then God kind of changed them all abruptly too. They have a really cool story, and I might have to bring her back on because some of the things she didn't go in detail with, and I know she had wanted to or she forgot to say some things. So for now, just enjoy this part of her story. Okay, so why don't you introduce yourself, your family, your kids? Okay, so Gabrielle
1: Bennett, um, and I really like to preface everything by saying I follow Jesus, and I will explain why when I get into later questions. Um... I am married to Tim Bennett. He is a associate pastor at a local church here in Wisconsin. We have two beautiful little girls, Eden and Jubilee. Um, we are getting back into the rhythm of living in Wisconsin, which I love and yeah just sitting here talking with you.
0: Okay, so after you know I met you and I heard a little bit of your story from like your husband speaking on stage and stuff, um, it was very similar to you know my family's story. And so I kind of want to hear, like, I want to hear that journey with you and your husband, um, how you met, the things you went through, and kind of where you are at now. Uh, So Tim and I met
1: at Bible school, which back when we were attending was New Tribes Bible Institute. Now it's Ethnos 360. Um, When we first met, it's kind of a funny story. This is just a little fun story for you. I fell in love with Tim right away. I was like, Oh, that is the most handsome man. I want to have his babies. And he was like, who is this creeper? But we were your typical Bible school students. We, uh, you know, back then they made a joke of new tribes, bridal Institute. Most definitely. Like we met in January, we were dating by March or April and then married by the following summer. So it was within a year we were dating, engaged and married. Um, So after, um, so after we graduated, we had the intention of going into church planting overseas, um, so we pursued that, but that door kind of closed in our face, and um, that was really hard for us because that's where we felt like the Lord was calling us to go, Um, and we told our church that we wanted to pursue that, and so they had us go on um, what they called a vision trip um, overseas, and I want to say that that vision trip led to us serving overseas as church planners, but it didn't. What it actually did was it broke down in my life, some deeply rooted prejudice attitudes towards um, different people. And coming home from that trip, I told our church, okay, now I feel like God has broken my heart for these people. How can I get involved? And they pointed me in the right direction. And I started teaching um, in a cross-cultural context and fell in love with not necessarily teaching English because I hate English I'm really bad at speaking English so there you go um no I fell in love with doing like hands-on um so I started sewing studios what I did I knew I wanted to teach a skill and someone recommended sewing I didn't really want to do sewing at all because I didn't know how to sew and God said this is what I want you to do. So everything was donated to me and I had six identical sewing machines and 30 totes of fabric and everything I needed donated. So I said, okay, Lord, I guess that's where you want me. And I fell in love with it. Not just the idea of learning how to sew and how amazing it is, but also bringing alongside women who are struggling and who um, just want to gather together. And so we would gather together weekly and we would just share our pain and Um, I was able to share how much I love Jesus with these women. And um, that's one of my biggest passions is just sharing Jesus with everyone I can come across. Um, And from that, um, that was 2018. Um, The Lord convicted my husband to pursue further schooling. Um, I did not want to. I was like, (laughs) I hate school so much. Um, But I followed him and we went to Moody Island Institute in Chicago. Um, It was a hard season because COVID hit around that time and there were lots of trials there. Kind of lived homeless for a while, just not literally homeless, but just because the school kicked us off campus and we didn't have a place to go. So we were kind of nomads traveling, Um, lived with my parents for a time and um, and then when COVID kind of calmed down, we were able to move back and finish school. And long story short, now we're in Wisconsin and Tim's a pastor. Um, And it's kind of an interesting transition to go from church planting overseas to pastoring in rural America. Um, But I think the main heart behind that is just During COVID, we saw a lot of churches close and a lot of dissension and a lot of um, hurt that happened within the American church. And watching that was so painful, knowing um, America used to be one of the top countries that was sending missionaries overseas, and now we're no longer the top country sending missionaries. And um, just kind of falling in love with the American church again, and my husband and I feeling convicted to kind of go and be on mission here in the American church. Um, so that's why we're here. And yeah, I think that was the journey so
0: far. Yeah. Okay. So kind of, you know, you talked a little bit about your you know heart permissions and the American church and stuff. So like, um, I don't think you really covered like what you did in Milwaukee and yeah. like, stuff that you know you and your husband did over there
1: yeah I skimmed over that a lot um so yeah when we came back from that vision trip um the ministry on the south side of Milwaukee is a language center and I interned there and like I said I didn't feel gifted in that like I I felt very stretched um that being said I'm glad I'm glad I was willing to do it during that time like just get your feet wet get involved when you can um because I learned so much in that time um and God molded me in amazing ways and I made some really deep relationships there um but we were teaching ESL to refugees so most of the people down there um were either Rohingya, Somali, Iraqi um and then we had some Turkish immigrants that we would work with too but um when we were down there, we decided not only to be doing that and kind of more humanitarian, um, but also feeling that need of that gospel proclamation, like that needed to be done as well. And so we joined an organization called Crescent Project. And when we were part of that organization, it was the main goal is to educate um, American Christians get out of their comfort zone and to share Jesus with their Muslim neighbors. Because the sad reality is we have so many unreached people groups coming to America and they're being placed in different cities, but they're not being met by anyone. And we would meet some, I met one family that had never left their home in Milwaukee for nine years. They never learned English. They never met another American. They were just so terrified to leave their home. And I think that's so sad considering The church is so prevalent here. And you go um every block seems like there's a church, and yet there's unreachable groups not being met, not being um ministered to and not hearing about Jesus, even though we're in a somewhat Christian nation. Um so we worked with Crescent Project for many years and um our role there was just to go to different events and kind of just kind of like what we're doing now, just like educating people on the need and trying to mobilize them to meet that need. And I fell in love with that just because um, just the benefit of the doubt, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Like they don't even know that there are unreachable groups. And, you know, even going to Bible school, the main passion of that Bible school is translating the Bible into languages that don't have it while we actually have those people in Milwaukee. The Rohingya do not have the Bible in their language. And so being able to, just communicate that with Christians um, is needed. But yeah, that's kind of a brief synopsis of it.
0: Well, I kind of want to transition from like that um, to motherhood, because that is, you know, you're a mom of two little girls. Um, So what has been the hardest thing as a mom Mm -hmm. and then also the easiest thing as a mom? Mm -hmm.
1: So gonna be totally transparent. Postpartum anxiety and depression is a thing. Um, With my firstborn, I look back and I recognize that I definitely did have anxiety. Um, We lived in Chicago and it was COVID. There were a lot of factors on why I had anxiety. Um, But with my second, who's only five months now, um, I've had severe anxiety. And... um, I'm to the point now where I can kind of feel like I'm getting back into the rhythm of things. Like I, I look back at myself four months ago and I see a woman wandering around in fog. And it was like, there was so much anxiety around me. It was, I couldn't even see anything other than my anxiety. And um, it was very hard because then that mom guilt of like, okay, I'm not able to invest completely into my girls and feeling that pain of like, I want to be myself again, so I can not, not only invest in them, but be a good wife and get back into ministry. And um, it was really hard. And like I said, now, five months later, I'm still, I still have anxious thoughts, I still have anxiety, but I'm not walking in that fog as much. And I'm able to now recognize that even though that fog was all around me, I think if that analogy can If I can go further into that analogy, the sun was always shining through. I just didn't see it, and I didn't feel it, but he was always there. God was always there. He was present. Um, I was just blinded by stupid, anxious thoughts, and they were. They were very foolish, anxious thoughts. But that was the hardest, most definitely, and it still is hard. Um, But I'd say the easiest. I was thinking a lot about this question, the easiest thing. I mean, just watching how adorable they are. They're so adorable. Um but I think teaching them new things. I absolutely love teaching, especially Eden who's at that age where she's absorbing everything and just learning. So the other day we were having Bible time with her and we were just teaching her basic truths about like how many books there are in the Bible, what's the first book in the Bible and she goes, "Mom, the first book in the Bible is Jesus's." And we're like, "Genesis." Jesus is, <laughs> it's just really adorable to watch her. Like she's really trying and she wants to know. And I just, it comes really easy, just like teaching her those basic truths. Um, and then
0: I think that was it. Okay, so advice to, you know, moms who may have just had a kid or, you know, transitioning one to two, two to three, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, you don't have three kids yet, but, <laughs> you have kids, so. Yeah.
1: This is hard because I feel like there's advice for every stage. Um, I would say just off the top of my head, just because of what I just shared about postpartum anxiety, don't be afraid to tell people. Um, the doctor is always telling you that, you know, whenever you go for your checkups, they're like, please tell us. Um, but not just your doctor. I would say your community. Your community needs to know. Your husband needs to know. Um And for me, you know, I had a hard time late at night, just going to sleep. And um, I just had to tell Tim, you know, I had to tell my husband, like, I'm really struggling right now. And we just lay there and pray. And it's just really important to communicate that. Um, For practical parenting advice, there's so many that people like cliche, like sleep on the baby's sleeps. That never happens. Let's be real. no, I would say just consistency. I'm learning at the at the stage of life that we're at right now with a toddler and a newborn. I have to be consistent even as hard as it is if I'm like nursing one and the other one's being terrible. I need to just set down the nursing one and be consistently disciplining and it's really hard, but they need that. They need that consistency. Um, Yeah, I could keep going on different things, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Just one truth.
0: Okay. So I know you guys have been married for years and you know, you're so rich and wise and old. and (laughs) Not that old, but, (laughs) um, so uh, do you have any advice to newlyweds?
1: Um, kind of going back on that idea of like different stages have different advice for, um, So we've been married nine years. I would say very early on in our marriage, we had to learn what it, why God says in scripture to leave your mother and father and cleave to your spouse. Um, I feel like that's a passage that I grew up hearing and like not really understanding. And then when we were newlyweds, there was pressures from both of our families to do different things with our lives. And we had to just, you know, respectfully say, love you but now we are married and these are this is my spouse and um I think later on in our marriage communication um that whole cliche saying communication is key to a happy relationship it's so true though but it also comes down to how you're communicating like you can communicate in a very aggressive way (laughs) you are communicating (laughs) but it's not great um, so just I think like James 119 of just like being quick to listen, slow to speak, um, slow to anger. Um, definitely there are times even um, – we've really been married nine years. Like I look at that and I'm like people have been married for like 50. We still have a <laughs> long way to go. Like, but um, yeah, I think just learning to stop. And not do your first gut reaction to something. Because sometimes, you know, they're going to anger you. You're going to get frustrated with them. They're going to do something that annoys you. You're going to argue about stupid stuff like furniture. Oh, my word. Tim and I have had arguments about furniture. I don't know why. That's one thing. Um, But when those things come, just like stopping yourself and being like, okay, do I need to say this? Or do I need to just process? And kind of think like what is going to respect him, what is going to edify him, but also communicating your hurt. You also have to communicate your hurt and be real, but you can do that in a loving way. Um, But seriously, I could talk for for hours because I feel like every year of our marriage has been a different life lesson. Um, So yeah,
0: I don't want to talk your ear off about that. (laughs) That's okay. I love hearing you talk. Okay. So this is my last question. Um, And this is a new question that I have not asked anyone. So you're This is gonna be fun um what is your hot take or unpopular opinion i know you have so many but
1: (laughs) i thought a lot about this question because there's different different aspects of life that i feel like i have a very unpopular opinion (laughs) because if you ask like an unbeliever um unpopular opinion would be jesus is god and he's the ruler of my life but if you ask believers um I think one thing that I've struggled with that is unpopular is is going through Christian bookstores and seeing on the shelf a lot of self-help. Mm-hmm. A lot of books that are about, girl, you got this. Girl, wash your face. Like you, 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 you. And it's so focused on you that we're forgetting the main point of our faith is Christ. And he's strong. We're not. And um, that's been a really hard thing um, for me is just hearing people at conferences, um, and the main theme has been, girl, you're strong, you got this, and not, hey, let's humble ourselves and be like, in those moments where you do need to boost your confidence, instead of boosting your confidence with those self-help montage, why don't you get on your knees and say, God, I can't, I can't do this without you. And um, that's kind of hard to tell people, because in our, our world, and our society, it's a lot of it is promoting this women's empowerment which i'm not necessarily opposed to just empowering certain women in situations where they're being abused or oppressed but when we're following christ with our whole life we need to be humble like just as he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross um
0: yeah so that is my unpopular bit. i don't know how unpopular that is i agree with that <laughs> Yeah. i know yeah but i do agree like the whole like christian like american church like has shifted from that like it used to be so god-centered and now it's very like what do i feel and like very yeah so anyway well thank you so much for letting me interview you and yeah it was so fun to do this interview actually this was my very first interview in person because we live super close to each other. So I was like, let's go out for coffee. And definitely would say the in-person was a little interesting uh, because I have this little microphone that I'm holding up to my mouth to talk and then I'm like passing it to her so it was very interesting but I really enjoyed our conversation and we had even more conversation after the interview so like I said I might have her back on to tell some more stuff but for now it was really good love talking with her and just some of the things that she said even like explaining like culturally and like dealing with cultures in America like not even leaving our own backyard but with like how many immigrants and refugees are in America that we don't even notice day to day and I'm sure you have some in your own backyard as well. I think it's so important that Americans learn to broaden their worldview. I think a lot of times Americans have this very me-centric worldview where whatever is in their bubble is kind of Their whole world. And a lot of times they don't think outside of that bubble. And it's so hard because, you know, you get people, this is an extreme example, but ask people who live overseas, for example, in Asia, be like, Do you ride a panda to school every day? Or if you live in Egypt, do you ride a camel to school? Well, no. That would be like asking someone in Texas if they ride a horse to school every day. So just like broadening our worldview can be really helpful to not only reach those around us, but also just have a different perspective and be able to encourage and love each other in different ways. I have such a blast making these episodes for you guys and interviewing different women in different stages of life. So what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and also share this with your friends and family. This is Elise Feathers and I'll see you next time on Women Hit in the Rough.